and welcome to another episode of Solo Powered with me, Ariana Dunn. This is a podcast that celebrates doing things solo, whether that be solo travel, solo business, solo journey to parenthood, single by choice, solo pursuits of passion, or solo adventures. Remember, this is not about living a lonely life. This is about living the most full life on your terms. Since I started doing this podcast, I have heard from a lot of people who have been inspired by listening to the podcast to go on solo travel trips by themselves. But I also knew that solo travel, solopreneurism was something that was becoming really, really popular. Um, In the beginning of the year, in January, Google noted that there was a 720% increase in searches for solo travel trips. And I have been seeing a lot of people tagging themselves in solo travel adventures on Instagram. One such lovely lady was Anna Clifford. Um, I I briefly met Anna on a night out during the year for a launch of some fabulous new nightclub. And um, Anna is a hilarious individual. She's a wonderful comedian. She's an actress. She's a singer. She's a poet. She has many, many talents. She's just um, finished a tour um, and she is a a stand-up comedian that has been on the circuit around all of the festivals in Ireland um, this summer. Um, And I I wanted to have a comedian come on because I think there's no more solo endeavor than standing on a a stage by yourself uh, trying to make people laugh. So when I saw that Anna tagged herself on Instagram on her first solo travel trip, I immediately jumped on and decided to have her as a guest on the podcast and I'm delighted that she said yes so Anna you're very welcome to the podcast thank Thank you for joining us cheers I'm delighted to be here um so okay well I'm I'm dying to hear about your 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 first solo travel trip but first Mm -hmm. maybe just kind of take us back give us a bit of background how you kind of got into the world of comedy and and the 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 world of work that you're in please just explain to everybody because I think it's this a a very brave area that you're in and and how how did that all come about and I'm still trying to figure it out why exactly I I got into it in therapy but (laughs) why you'd want to ever do that but I think it was like I loved I've always loved performing so when I and I and I very much was not an academic you know person so school I found quite difficult so I studied drama in the Gaiety School of Acting their full-time course when I finished um and I loved that I loved acting and then I moved to Vancouver Canada and that's where I seen a comedy course and I was like, oh my God, like I've always loved stand-up, like really love stand-up. Obviously thought I was a bit gassed myself and thought no better place to start something that's absolutely terrifying than 4,000 miles away from your friends and family. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I ever would have started in Dublin, like, because if you grew up here, you're humbled, you know, like get, you're not that funny stuff. So <laughs> yeah, it was just over there. And then like, it's, it's kind of like a bug actually, you know, once you do it once and it goes well, you just you're chasing that again and again so wow and did you go over to Vancouver by yourself did you go with friends partner well yeah I know when you're talking about my first solo trip that I was doing there um that was my like working abroad trip but yeah I know I initially as again as Irish people do I did go over with three friends three girls Mm -hmm. Uh, a friend of mine lived there moved there a year before us and but then a year later they all left so I I did stay on my own once I had made friends but then we move in packs. We move in packs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then, so talk to us about the first time then. I mean, I, I had the second episode of this or the third episode, should I say, my my second episode with a guest was with Kelly Shatter, who runs Stoke Improv. And she is a comedian. She does a lot of comedy improv. But she usually yeah. does it as a group. It's kind of hard to do improv on your own on the stage. So she, she was very quick to kind of point out that she's not a stand-up. She's not a stand-up comedian. Um, she did just do her own one-woman play as part of the Dublin Fringe Festival, which was cool. amazing and, and fantastic. But again, she's kind of playing a character that she's written in that sense. Um, but I, you know, I know a few people. I used to work with Justine Stafford in in mm-hmm. in Joe Daddy and her Daddy, and I know a few stand ups. So, I mean, talk to us from your experience about that first time in Vancouver, or you know, after you did the course or during the yeah. course, maybe when you had that experience of 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 doing comedy gigs. Yeah. I was terrified, now terrified, like uh, because it's just you know, like you said, it's so funny when you mentioned improv because um. I've been to the Edinburgh Fringe like a couple of times now and I've put on my own solo shows and there's always there was always an improv group beforehand and I was like oh my god I'm so jealous these guys have each other <laughs> 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 and 
I'm just hanging around and it's like, you know, they're, the Edinburgh shows are usually in like all these pop-up places. So it's not even a proper backstage. Like I'm in a corridor on my own waiting for my hour to start. And I'm like, this is so, <laughs> you are very much alone. And that's like, yeah. So it was nice to do the course initially, you know, you, you meet some comics and they're like, I didn't do a course. I, you know, <laughs> I had, you know, I was born with it. But I was like, it's just nice because again, there's a bit of collaboration with people um, and then they put on a show at the end. So the show, and I remember being backstage in a beautiful theater in Vancouver and I was so nervous and people were like to me, you, you do like you do acting though. And I was like, but that's, this isn't acting. Like I can't, this, I'm being myself and that feels gross. You know, like I don't, I'm not hiding behind someone's words or, be, you know, it's like I'm being me and I'm also being like, and I think I'm funny. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> is an awful experience and I still I get I still get quite like nerves but like you kind of welcome them now you know like you kind yeah. of like it's a bit of an ad- adrenaline and a bit of gives you a bit of you know you wouldn't want them not to be there but it's not as bad as that first day well and so that first time when you went out on stage then how was it received how were you received how did you- really well I mean that's why I'm still still doing it you know what I mean like well it was, we only had to do five minutes which seems like an absolute eternity um and you now again, it was like a very welcome crowd because, well, first of all, they're Canadian, so they're just so nice. <laughs> you have an Irish accent, that's a bonus. Um, but like, it's kind of was like friends and family. So some of my friends that from there came, but that made me more nervous. I don't like doing it. Like, I'd rather room of strangers, to be honest. But yeah. they just knew the vibe. It was most people's first time. And then from there, like... Um, other people that were running little gigs were like, oh, you should come do mine, come do my show. And then I just started doing that. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, in terms of like putting yourself out there, like obviously the, the purpose of this podcast is to try and get people to step out of their comfort zone and to mm-hmm. try and kind of like do things um, that maybe like, I mean, obviously you, you, and it's interesting what you say there about the course, you know, because you can be naturally funny, you could be a yeah. naturally good actor, but you don't necessarily know the business behind the operation. Like, how yeah. do you go about getting the gigs? Like, how do you structure a gig? Like, the beginning, the middle, the end? Like, how do you handle heckling? Or, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just being on stage and being funny. There's the business yeah. of it as I, well. I, right? What I loved about it when I was doing that course is like, you know, because like, like I said, I really didn't like school. Like, this clicked like I understood the science of it you know because there is little tricks that you know you think like about like reading the room or the setup of a joke or punchline or like you said that or how to handle different types of crowds so it is like it is a a skill and there's a science behind it and like that's what I that's why I was like oh I get this like I finally get something Um, because I'm a celebrant as well. So I do weddings and baby naming yeah. ceremonies. And I did a six-month course to be a celebrant. And, you know, we would learn, you know, vocal skills and mm-hmm. we would learn, you know, sort of script writing and how to storytelling and, you know, how to handle nerves, mindfulness. You know, there's all yeah. kinds of other things that go around just getting up and, and you know, um, and like you say about that, the first wedding I ever did was my brother's wedding, which I had 120 yeah. people, a friend and family that I knew. And then ever since then, it's been sort of strangers, more or less, which is so much better because when you yeah. have people that you know, it's so much harder, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, it's so, it's, it's the worst, you know, and the people think it's, it's easier, but it's not. And so how long were you doing that in, in Vancouver then before you came home? I think I was doing it like, um, did I start? And I had about a year left before I was turfed out um, of Canada and but I guess it's so funny in the start like you know like you said you book a gig maybe once a month or maybe once every two months and um, so you're slowly like you know doing gigs but like back then I thought like I was so busy I was like oh my god I did six gigs in six months and now I'm like this year like most years now so for a couple of years now it's like you know in the hundreds you know um, I was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're you're very busy with your gigs. But like back then I was like, whoa. So I think it's like even when people say how long you've been doing stand up now, I think it's like seven years, but like those first two years were very like very relaxed and sl- easing yourself into it. <laughs> and were you working like as well to sort of supplement your income? Were you working yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. No, you, you know, it does it's a slow it's a slow burn burning to get to being able to earn a living from it. So in Canada, I worked as a waitress, um, which is a you know a different type of show, especially over there when you get good tips. So I was making actually quite a good bit of money in tips, and then I could get my yeah my shifts down to like four days, and then I was kind of doing bits of gigs and stuff. And then I moved home, and then I lived in London for four years, and oh. I worked 
um, in customer service for a fashion company there by day because I didn't want to work in the evenings anymore with the with the waitressing. And then I was gigging. I was like, well, it was it was just before the pandemic, you know. And then obviously, then everything crashed, and I realized how much I was kind of exhausting myself when I had all of a sudden had absolutely nothing to do, and I, my body kind of just like went into a state of shock. I think because most mornings I was like waking up, you know, at half six, going to the office, and then going and gigging most nights, and like you know, so that was like the routine. I was like, what the hell? What the what are we doing? <laughs> and now I started working for myself fully. Yeah, I think it's about a year and a year and a couple of months now. So wow, it's exciting! Congratulations! I mean, it's great to go from you know sort of that first time on stage for that five minute to now working full time for yourself. I mean, it's yeah. and it's 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 a difficult industry to 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 be successful in. I mean, what what's your style of comedy? What who would you kind of compare yourself to, or what kind of? Oh God, yeah, I got. I know. I should always have that. People always ask that. I'm like, ah. Oh. I don't know. I'm I'm unique, and I'm not unique. I'm a white Irish girl in my thirties, so it's very much uh, millennial observations. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like people I admire, obviously, like you know Joanne's fucking flying it for yeah. women in comedy at the minute. So you know, it's good to note. I love Ali Wong. Mm. Uh, all her specials and stuff are brilliant. Like she's kind of the comic that I look at and be like. You hear everything she says, oh, I wish I wish I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then I suppose in terms of like you mentioned Joanne McNally there. I mean, Joanne McNally's just been a phenomenal success story and you know, selling out every well, she's in Canada. She's not having a good time in Canada at the moment. Yeah, I know, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I asked you, I guess I'm enjoying I love I do you know what I love as well. I mean, I think maybe all in the camp comparison when you're like, you know, not like today, I'm telling you I was at a weekend, the, the wedding at the weekend. So I definitely have the anxiety in me today. And you compare yourself, don't you? And I love when people are honest, you know, because she's obviously selling at Vicar Street 50, 50 nights or whatever. And that's so impressive. And then she's like, yeah, I had a shite show in Winnipeg or something. And I was like, <laughs> music to my ears. I was like, yeah, it's because like, you know, like, I was like, that's what I love about the gigs anyway. It's like, we won, you have one stormer and you're like, yes. And then the next one, is not as good and you're like that's just it goes up and down and you have to like that's the enjoyable part as well you know because you never mm-hmm. quite get it mm-hmm. well it's it's you know it's it's humbling to see that as well and I mean you know you can't have I mean not everybody in Winnipeg in Canada is going to know who Joanne McNally is you know I mean there is going to be a but I mean you still have to work those circuits in order to become yeah. more globally famous you know? and also like I'm sure she like in her level of I'm sure it was it's like the same show she's fabulous and it's just like interesting because actually sometimes I've had quiet crowds and then afterwards someone's like that was brilliant I loved it and I was like you honestly didn't move your face the whole time <laughs> and some people are more reserved and they're like taking it in and you're just like but you want the big like guffaw yeah 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 I mean, you know, but we have such we have um such a plethora of successful Irish comedians. I mean, who oh, have yeah. made it big on the world stage. So, you know, you might people might think, God, like, you know, trying to become a comedian, like that's a mad. But like we have got you have we have so many people to look up to in in, in that world. Yeah. When I was moving back to Dublin, like when from Canada after doing it, I was really I was really nervous to start it here because I was like, every Irish person's hilarious, you know. So you're like not only are you just like you know, getting up with the people on the lineup, but I was like, they're like it's a sea of com- comedians looking back at you, basically. Like we all have that, you know, you know. And like when you're over in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, I've done a couple of times. It's very funny because they have these compilation shows, so it's not just solo shows, but they have like mixed bills. And Irish comedy sells quite well, so it's like people flyering, being like Irish comedy, Irish comedy. It's like an Irish comedy night, and people always go to that. And you, 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 I've never once heard people outside being like English comedy. Like it just, it's not, it doesn't sell. <laughs> Um, yeah, we do have a unique brand, and I think our observationalism, you know, the likes of the Dara mm. O'Briens of this world, and you know, yeah. the Dylan Warrens, and all of those kinds of things. And I think, you know, we've had a huge, a lot of success at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival as well. And in terms of a lot of our comedians have won Comedian of the Year or yeah. had, you know, won Sellout and things like that. So there ha- it has become this kind of reputation I mean in terms of this solo endeavor for you you know this tour what you know what kind of ambitions do you have for yourself in terms of like the tell you know the, the the where you see this all going for yourself basically yeah 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 I know um 
Yeah, that tour was fun, but oh my God, that's a, definitely a solo experience. It is. Yeah, talk to us about that. Lonely road. I mean, I'm like, eventually, I'd love to get an entourage, be so successful that I can bring 20 people with me on the trip. Um, but it is fun. It was really fun to go and yeah, go around. And um, where did you go? Went to up to Belfast, Galway, Bray Festival, two nights in London, two nights in Dublin. So like a mini tour, but it was. It was still fab. Yeah, I loved it. And it was nice. I asked like a different female comic in each city to open for me. So that was lovely as well because I'm having the chats in the green room and stuff. Um, and I'll be, yeah, that show should be released soon. I recorded as well. So I guess in terms of where I see myself going, I just, you know, I'm enjoying the ride at the minute. It's like, it's, stuff is definitely moving. Obviously, I always wanted to move a little bit faster, but I think... I'd love to tour maybe every two years, like a new show, because you have to write a new hour. And then the festivals are fun. And then tour, maybe to go tours, tour like every two years or three years. I'm currently trying to write for TV. That's something new I'm like getting into. I love acting as well. And, you know, there's probably another podcast in me somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like It's like a lot of ideas, a lot of pitching, a lot of rejection in this industry every day. But you don't know. It's like, you know, you have to just keep trying and be creative and, and make sure you're enjoying it along the way. And then I, you know, yes. the right. And are you doing right much stuff. acting? Are you doing much acting gigs or is that just like where where is that sitting for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. You know what I found when I first studied acting and I and I and I come out you know they release you into the world and you're just like great and then you know you're getting going for auditions and never hearing back or sitting around waiting and the thing I like loved about doing comedy was you're just way more in control you know like I'm writing my own work I'm putting on my own shows I can do this very easily and it's like a room I just need a room and a mic where like obviously I put on plays before as well before I started comedy I wrote some plays and put them on in Smock Alley and stuff and that's just a bigger a bigger job so and then I kind of fell out of love with acting because it was it's rejection. And I was like, oh, I don't know. So there was like a period when I was like not pursuing it as much. And then once I got the stand up started, I just got this confidence back. Like I was like, oh, I don't need you. You know what I mean? It's like the desperation. It's like, what? Why is it when we actually really want something like we, we don't get it? So it just made me a bit more chill. And then, yes, yeah, since then, like, you know, I got some work for on an art, art Harry Wilde's an RTE. I think that's going to be out next year. Was that in that? Um, did some of the RTE sketch shows last year like Callan's Kicks and Free Gaff and No Worries Is Not and they were great um, and some ads which are just handy money and stuff like that you know so you need to have multiple things on the go you know when you especially when you're for yourself so it's like nice to have those little bits of acting jobs and then the stand up and then writing and yeah Absolutely and I mean I call myself a multi-hyphenate so I have multiple Yeah you know yourself yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was just having a coaching session this morning with a coaching client talking about that different, like, you know, the different revenue streams and kind of when, when we stop worrying so much about one thing and we concentrate on some other things, yeah. that's, when, that's when the things that you're worrying about start to happen. And I mean, I see that time and time and time again with all of the different people that I'm working at and I see it happening with me always as well. So it's really interesting to hear that's been your perspective as well, that, you know, when yeah. you start kind of desperately kind of wanting something it, it'll just come along by itself um when yes. you're you know, being able to concentrate on something else which is brilliant and it's great that you have so many strings to your bow and you know everything that you were saying there really sort of resonated with me in terms of solo and in terms of this yeah. kind of soloism um this sort of solo life this whole of idea that you said there I don't need you and I don't need other people and I can do this yeah. and that freedom that you talked about you talk about a freedom of being able to kind of make your own decisions and it being your own show and you writing it which again go back to that whole idea of being on a solo travel endeavor or you know whatever it is it does come with all of that freedom as well right yeah. so um, talk to us about the solo trip that you were on recently then. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> My solo trip, yes, to Portugal. So, so are you single? Are you, are you in a relationship I'm, or anything? I'm single. single and I'm sat here in my mom and dad's house and I'm 33, right? Okay. And that's okay. But sometimes it doesn't feel great. And, you know, I think I don't know, it's just funny when you look back at life. Like I've never been one of those, like I obviously would like, would love to have a family or meet a partner um, at some stage like that is something I'd like but I think looking back to compare to some of my friends like I just didn't really because I knew I wasn't even doing the, the same kind of like tick the box career kind of things like 
I didn't really think about that stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm 33 and my friends have got the gaffs and, and the babies and the fellas. And how come like, I didn't, you should have put a bit of planning into that, Anna. Um, but that being said, a year and a half ago, I moved back after living with an ex. And that's the, around the same time I went from my part-time job down to just fully working for myself. Because again, it was like out of control. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I have to take this. If something ended that I didn't really want to end and I had to leave a lovely house and all this stuff, as I'll take back control and I'll fully dive into working for myself. And that was been like such a learning curve in terms of cash flow and all these kind of things. And then I travel a lot for work, you know, in different gigging in different cities and stuff like that. So this year, obviously I'm trying to move out, looked at my calendar, eight weddings. I was like, right, right. And ones that I want to go to as well. So I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's a big you know, funeral for my my wallet, <laughs> and then the eight weddings and a funeral. Eight weddings and a funeral. <laughs> for my wallet. I was like, that, like, how do you know? How do you do that? And then I was like, I'm actually looking at my diary for the month. I don't think I would have been home more than three or four days over the whole summer because of either weddings or traveling for work or bits like that. So I was like, okay, still very felt a bit out of my control. So I was like, if if by September I didn't book any gigs in September, so I was like, if I don't have like any other kind of work, like hosting or acting or something that's like tying me to Dublin and I'm not able to move out right now I was like I'll be I'm gonna go away on my own and work from somewhere hot and just just because like if it's a perk like I would like you know it's the perk of being childless and homeless and fellowless <laughs> um and yeah so it was like and I just had a, left it wide open so it was about a week before I actually went I just was like okay I'm doing it nothing's like nothing's on and then I found a very cheap place. I called it the Faulty Terrors of Portugal, uh, but it was perfect. It was like a little studio room with a kitchen close to the beach in Albufeira. And yeah, I flew over there and I and then I, I had a ball and I was, I was nervous. I was like, because like, obviously like I travel a lot for work and I've lived in Vancouver and London, but there's been Irish be- friends and family, you know, around. So it's like, you're not completely on your own. Do you know what I mean? So this is the first longer stint that I was fully. And like, even people were saying to me like, when I, when I booked it, like, it's like, my dad loves, my dad loves a trip. Like when I first broke up with my ex, I did one of those, like, I need to go away. And like, and he came with me. <laughs> so this time I was like, no. Yeah. And like, friends were like, oh, if you get lonely, like I'll come over for a weekend. I was like, absolutely not. I was like, I don't want, I was like, I don't even care if I do get lonely. Like I want to feel, I want to experience that. Like I want to just be fully on my own and like see if that, because I was like, you know, there's, this job does come up and down. So I was like, you know, and I want to be in it. And I, as much as I love, I work mostly in Dublin and London. I do love those cities, but God, it's a bit miserable in the winter. Like it's so cold. So I was like, if I can do little trips like that, because I, I, I work for myself and it's solo, I can, that's a perk. So I did it. And the first 10 days were amazing. Like I was just, I think I was overstimulated by people from gigs and weddings from the summer. So I was like, this is heaven, heaven. I love cooking by myself. I love going for swims. And then I was working in the day. And then I think, yeah, by day 10, I was like, okay, maybe I should. But I wasn't not seeing people because I think there's a difference between like when I was like put up a nice post about like what I felt the experience was like really great for me. But like, I think someone in my DMs was like, yeah, but you don't want to like, you don't want to spend too much time on your own. I was like, I think it's different like isolation versus thing because I kind of have I've experienced when I've been low before and I've spent too much time in my room and I haven't left the house for a few days. And that, you know that's not a good place to be and you want to make sure you're interacting with people so it wasn't like purposely isolating myself from that like every day I was making sure to chat to someone in the you know in the shop or you know if there was someone down by the beach or like you know and I did a surf lesson so like just trying to like just yeah I love people watching sitting in a bar having a pint you know taking it all in so it's like yeah that's the difference between like you know I think doing solo travel or anything like that, right? Compared to like being like, well, actually, I don't like people and I want to be on my own. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I think that's what a lot of people kind of get. If they haven't experienced solo travel themselves, yeah. they think, oh, like there's something weird about it or why would you want to go away on your own? Or like, you know, yeah. you don't have anyone. You know, I remember talking to some random old woman in the in a, in a shopping center one day with my nephews. And I said something, I was like, oh, yeah, my Molly and I, we, we traveled all around. Molly, my little dog, traveled all around Europe last year by herself. Do you not have any sisters? She said, do you not have any sisters? Do you not have any? 
do you not have any friend, any friends? Do you, want, do you not have a fella that you could have gone away? You know, like this. Yeah, somebody. No, I do. I have like, I have four sisters. I have three brothers. I have 15 nieces and nephews. I've got like hundreds of friends, you know, I'm single, but I have, and I just went on a solo travel trip to weekend to Stockholm, which I absolutely yeah. had, a, had an absolute ball. Um, And I, I, I do solo travel all the time. I love doing solo travel trips, yeah. but like just recently I went to Stockholm and you know, a few people were like, oh, my God, Stockholm, I've never been there. I really want to go. And I'm like, mm, you should go then because I wasn't yeah. like, come with me because I wanted to go away on my own because I love it so much because it's such a fun thing to do is to go away. I have, I, I feel so free when I'm going away on my own. And I love love going away with my friends too, but I go away with my friends all the time. I go away with my mom all the time. I go away with my friend, you know, you know, my, my yeah. sister great brilliant Th- those experiences are really good as well but for me a solo travel trip is a time when you can be the most yourself and you can be whoever you want to be as well as being you and just go where you want do what you want eat what you want drink what you want and just have so much fun and that's yeah. like that a lot of people haven't experienced and they when they haven't experienced it they make comments like they might do to you in your yeah. DM, thinking that I it's not. I don't understand it. Yeah, they're like worried. They're like, you know, I did get a lot of things like, as if like, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm actually better than ever. <laughs> like, you know, but it, it makes you second guess yourself. Like, am I okay? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'd love to get, I'd love to get a dog and go traveling with my oh, dog. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. It is great. I mean, it does, she definitely. Yeah, you know, she just wants it to be funny, but not one who has a voice, <laughs> just a heartbeat. <laughs> Exactly. And also, you know, gets you out of the house every day. And, you know, you meet so many people when you have a dog, even just even in Ireland, no. and, you know, you stop. My, my, I remember going on a walk down Dunleary Pier with my friend who lives in Dunleary. And it took us two hours to walk down the pier because every so many people stopped us to take pictures with Molly and to pet Molly and other dog owners that we met. And my friend after was like, I walk that pier every day. It takes me 25 minutes. I don't speak to a single person. And she said, I actually kind of feel like I know what it's like to be famous after that. She's like, I've never... <laughs> I was like oh that's just that's just a normal dog walk that's what happens when you have a dog you just stop and talk to everybody um so but yeah and how long did you actually stay then in in Albufer I was there for three weeks okay it was cool like I think I'd love like I mean you know I'd love to have a gaff it's in like Spain or Portugal that was like and then you get to know the you know that'd be cool because you get to know the community a bit more and have a thing but I mean, that's probably a long way away, but that's in my life plan as well. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and then it was like, it was perfect for what I wanted because it was just right beside the beach and stuff. But um, but you said day yeah. 10 then, what happened after day 10? I just think like, unless it was like, you know, somewhere that you were used to and had a bit of community, I think 10 days is the perfect time to do a little solo trip because a week is not long enough. Mm. And then 10 days, I just think 10 days, I was like, okay, like, I would like a bit of, you know, crack or pals or yeah and like I said I could do that courses and stuff but then and they were it was really nice to meet people and but there was no one around I was like oh maybe I'll ask them if they want to go for a pint um and did you yeah. no and I didn't know so like, we're getting along but I was like you know, you know we just didn't get the vibe like it was like it was like one one couple from Scotland they were lovely and then an, an, an older Irish guy and then um two Germans and yeah, they're all lovely but I was like if I ask this couple will they meet me later for a pint they'll, they'll be like oh yeah They'll probably feel sorry for me because I've told them I'm, I'm traveling solo, but I don't think they'll want to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so interesting because look again, another reason why I did this podcast was because I'm I'm a life coach and, and I and I teach coaching. And as a teacher of coaching, I have to listen to recorded coaching sessions. So basically I get to listen to a lot of coaching sessions across the board as part of my work. And a lot of those coaching sessions that I've heard of late are from people of all ages um, and all genders talking about their desire to make new friends and kind of widen their friendship circle or feeling that sort of feeling of isolation. Um, you know, like you sort of saying, you know, my friends are getting married, they're having kids, you know, at certain ages, our friendship circles start to change dramatically. But also we maybe we might move to new cities, new places or just new things happen. So it's a it's a really and I think because of COVID, because of the fact that we're so behind our screens all the time um, you know, making friends and making that first move. But but I, I've heard so many people say the same thing that you've just said there going, oh, my God. And I, I kind of wanted to say, say hi but I, I wanted to admit but I did I thought they might think I was a bit of a weirdo or like 
you know, I thought maybe they think I fancied them, so I didn't say anything, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing as well, yeah, because you don't know. But I think you just get it. I can't, I wouldn't be, I would, I'm definitely not someone who wouldn't do it, but you just kind of get a yeah. vibe, don't you? It's like these guys yeah. want to enjoy their, like if it was two friends, I, I would have been like, what, what is your letter? But like, it's like, yeah. It's, yeah. And did you go like to bars and restaurants by yourself and eat and drink by yourself? I, did, like, oh my God, I love going, well, I love, love going to a restaurant to, by myself. I'll do that anywhere. But again, because like, in the nature of my job, I, yeah, you know, have to. But it is funny because I'll always put like a, a notebook on the table. <laughs> like, and I never, I'm always on my phone, like, or like actually we're just looking at people, which I quite enjoy. But like, you know, it's just so people know that like I'm, you know, I'm like, writing a screenplay or something like I'm interesting I'm not just like you know a loner on my own like I'm like yeah. why I just noticed it when I was in it I was like oh why do you always feel the need to put the notebook out <laughs> yeah and it's well it's funny but look when I first started out as well when I first started doing solo or eating in restaurants on my own I would have done the same I was a journalist I would have been like oh I'll just they'll, they'll think I'm writing a review I'll put my notebook out now I don't at all now yeah. I'm just but I think the other thing that's great as well is is is, pod, is podcasts and like you can like I I probably look like such a weirdo sometimes because I'll just be sitting there just like <laughs> staring off into space. But I'm but when I was in Stockholm, I went and I had a seven course tasting meal in it in it because I love tasting menus. So I had a seven course tasting meal while listening to a podcast. And I was laughing away. And then the waitress came up to me at the end and she said, oh, my God, I was just telling the chefs about how you were so cool. There was this girl sitting by herself, just laughing, having the time of her life, drinking the wine, you know. <laughs> and she was like, what are you listening to? I was like, I'm listening to a podcast. And and there's people all around me in couples or in groups. And yeah. I'm just sitting there like <laughs> eating my food, laughing. But I don't care. Because I'm, I no. have as much as ever. Like, and you know what's so funny is that when you're doing that, you're actually enjoying yourself probably a lot more than the people. The people that I was seeing, they're not even talking to each other. I was they're like, like, I was saying that, yeah. I know. I was like, literally, you get stared at, right? Like, it's like a woman was like, I was at a lovely Indian meal, like loving my, like, and my nan and all, like getting all the little sauces. I was like, this is heaven. I'm like really enjoying this glass of wine. And like this woman was just staring at me the whole time. And I was like, a bit like, that's not like, I know, like, stop making me wear them on my own. Then I was like, actually, she hasn't, they haven't spoken to her partner one sentence all the evening. So I was like, I think she's just really jealous of me. <laughs> she probably wants to be on her own as well. Like, <laughs> exactly he's probably looking at the being like oh that lucky bitch yeah, I was weird like towards the end I was like no she wants to be free <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be free she wants to be me um, yeah. and do you find when you're doing that opposite when you're kind of sitting there because I mean it must be like a little bit of research for you as well to be oh, yeah. your observational comedy I mean you must have you do you get a lot of uh, kind of material from that kind of thing yeah I do I just love yeah I'm fascinated by people like you said like the way you know couples of or friend groups of all different ages or different cultures uh, interact with each other like the families and all like on the beach was great just lying on the beach and listening to the groups of families of friends around yeah. <laughs> oh my god so many English and Irish accents I was basically not in Portugal at all but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it yeah yeah and also like I find you know when any of the solo traveling that I've done that I kind of keep bumping into the same people all the time and you know you sort of like I when I was in Stockholm I met like all the people who I did my bike trip I did a bike tour and I just kept pumping into them all around like it was like I had it was like I had lived yeah. in Stockholm my whole life I was like hello friend how are you you know I met the person who was sitting beside me on the airplane on the way over in one of the museums you know it was That's it's so kind funny. of like it's a small world, really. And I think people yeah, is. Fear that if they go away on their own, that they're going to be, as you say, completely isolated and that they're going to be sad and lonely. But actually, because of the fact that you're on your own and you're looking out into the world, you have more of an opportunity for people to talk to you. Did you find that as well? Yeah, 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 definitely. It's like open to it. Like people chat. Like I'm like, there was a little bar in the, it was like an apartment hotel thing that I rented. And I went down there to work a little bit when I felt I needed to mix up the day. And then, yeah, it was, by the end of it, it was like best mates with the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I was best mates with all the bartenders everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and they're the people that you you wouldn't get to talk to if you were there. With yeah, if you were with people, yeah. Yeah, so you, your your world almost becomes smaller when you don't solo travel. When you solo yeah. travel, you, you opened yourself up to so much more as well. Um, So what's next then what 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 kind of have you got any more solo travel trips trips planned or so um do i 
I well, yeah, I'd like to do something around Christmas. I think it's all like you know, it's like just like depending. And yeah, you can tell my I, like you were mentioning singing at the start. I don't I don't really have a good voice to be fair, but I was definitely singing at this wedding over the weekend, so you can hear my voice. But that was my eighth, that was my final wedding, so it's nice oh, to know man. like that's those plans done. So I think I'd love to break up a bit of Christmas is a funny time, so especially when you're like you know single between between fellas <laughs> and you know and like the, the bit I find the bit in the middle I love Christmas day I love the build up in December the gigs the parties but like once Stephen's day comes and that bit into the new year I so I don't know what it is I hate it it's waiting around I feel like January's are like Mondays you know you're like oh here we go again you're trying to get the plans in place so I think yeah I'll try and do a little trip then yes yeah, I have, a, I have a podcast recorded with a, a great guest who solo traveled all around the world on a bicycle she's done and she's single oh, and she cool. every year she books, a, a, she hates Christmas in Ireland and every year she books somewhere. So she's off to Costa Rica and Panama uh, for Christmas by herself and um, has booked like all these amazing um, excursions and adventures. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, and I think you know, you're talking about being single and being in between. I was like, I'm single too. I don't have any kids. I'm, I've talked a lot yeah. about that on the podcast, talked about potentially, you know, in the process of maybe having a baby on my own and doing all of those kinds of things. And I think it's just, you know, really important that we talk about that we don't sort of feel ashamed anymore to be 33 and childless and single you know like what you're you know like that there's that that yeah. everybody goes at their own pace and you know there is a a place for f four relationships and there's a place for single people and there's a place for it's ultimately about just being happy isn't it oh my god and like that's what like what was something that really cemented like when I was away I was just like oh my god I actually you know because I think I would say it before I was like I do like being I do quite like being on my own to be honest you know like I don't mind my own company compared to I know some of my friends but like that trip was like really like actually I can have crack wherever I go you know what I mean like so you know even you never know what's going to happen in life what then so like at least I know that I'm all right and then you know that you know it's a saying I've read all the self-help books like all of them so you know it is annoying you're like I clicks finally I was like oh yeah so like once you're okay with yourself then your partner's only an addition rather than like I know in my 20s which is so funny because now I'm in my 30s and I'm just like you know because we that little bit of a pressure in the, the women's timeline and stuff that's the most annoying part uh, otherwise I'm like it's grand but like in my 20s I'd be like so panicky and worried and, and wanting again like the auditions wanting that desperation and now I'm just like trust the process if it happens it happens and that'll be lucky you know and yeah I just can't can't stress like that you know because no. I have some friends who do worry and I'm like that's not helping anyone we just need to be like it will happen and it is a process. And I was there in the, I was where exactly where you were in the twenties and the thirties. And mm, you know, I, I, I had a dating column with, with Stellar magazine for two years where I would chronicle all the dates that I had. I had a, I had a, a dating blog called swipewrite.blog. You know, I was on all of the yeah, dates. Chronicling <laughs> my dating life, going out on so many dates per week from you know like it was like a fucking full-time job at the time it at, is a very unenjoyable full-time job a, a, a lot of the time as well and a lot of questioning like what's wrong with me what am I doing mm. wrong like what what should I be doing differently and you you know when you're in that dating game it's and it is very much a game when you're in that dating world everybody has an opinion as well so all my friends and family you know would be like maybe you need to do this maybe you're doing this wrong maybe you're too picky maybe you're too you're too independent that's what's wrong with you you know like you're too career orientated you need to settle down like all of these kinds of things and it's 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 mind-boggling and actually it's so funny because in the last couple of years I've let go of all of that and I just don't I'm not on any of the apps I'm not dating I'm not even thinking about it it's just if it happens it happens but actually what's interesting is that so few people ask me about my maybe it's because I'm doing this podcast as well or maybe it's because I've talked but but you don't people stopped kind of interfering as well I think you know because I think when you have that desperation air around you everybody feels like that they can come and have an opinion on it as well you know but I think as well it's it's really encouraging to know that as a woman 
and the biological clock, which was rammed down our throat for so long. Now seeing so many women having babies on their own and mm-hmm. knowing that you can get a sperm donor or you can, there's, you know, with IVF, there's still a lot of time. There's women in their forties, you know, even in the early fifties yeah. having babies that it kind of relaxes us a little bit and kind of goes, okay, let's just be happy and not worry about all of that other shite. Yeah. <laughs> sure (laughs) (laughs) but then when you're in it and you're going to eight weddings in the in one year yeah I totally get it when people are like I'm like I know it's hard it is hard like you know if anyone else is experiencing that and it's something you want but yeah like the grass isn't always greener like we said watching the the people not talk to each other at dinner so you don't know you know people are looking at you just like yeah it's just like just to have control and do life on your terms and then you know the right thing will come Exactly, which is exactly what I because I'm a bit of an anomaly. I'm I'm talking like this, but then I also am a celebrant and I wed I marry people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like you're gonna love each other forever. And then I'm like, fuck that, you don't need a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway, I mean just very briefly, just to, to touch on it as well. I mean, just in terms of talking about I know that being a comedian does have so many highs and lows and like people's mental health can be affected mm-hmm. as a comedian is talked about an awful lot. And in, in, in that, you know, how do you find that you kind of are able to protect your, your mental health at, at, at times, like maybe in between gigs or is it, is this something that you're kind of aware of or is it something yeah. that's overhyped? For sure. No, I think, yeah, well, it's just, yeah, it's hard. It's the, um, if you don't have a good gig or, you know, and then with the with the fluctuating jobs and all that. So definitely, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I've done, I have done every single thing, any kind of self-help book, whatever, over the years, even before even starting stand-up. Like I think my, my since I was a teen, my mood has gone up and down and I've had various bouts of, you know, very low times. And... I think it's just like it's just resilience, isn't it? It makes you stronger. You know, you know, you can survive one bad thing, you can do it, and that's kind of like what stand up is, right? So I think I wrote an article once for, you know, kind of about stand up and mental health, and it's like being at this on stage on your own in front of people trying to make them laugh, and even if you have your your worst gig ever, nobody like have you know one I've had a gig where absolutely nobody laughed. It was like dead silence, pin drop, awkward. What a, nobody even heckled me I wish they did just shout get off and that would be something to interact with it was like so bad and then you know afterwards like I'm okay you know you know whatever they didn't like me other people do like you know you've, you realise you survived that so you can survive anything you know and like I think people in there you know might be thinking oh she's crap but like it's nothing whatever they're thinking is nothing compared to like the 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 self-hate I've brought on myself when I have, I'm having those moments so I'm like oh you know so that's powerful I think the only thing other thing I've ever found and it's annoying because I know it's like the trend, but like the sea swimming, I love sea swimming. And that's something I found because I had a quite difficult first lockdown. And then I started forcing myself to go to the sea every day for a month. And I think it saved my life, to be honest. So that's a some, that similar kind of concept of you're putting yourself in an incredibly stressful situation and then you overcome it like the cold. You, you breathe through it, you swim through it. And then you're like, whoa, this is actually, you know, what was I worrying about? <laughs> so, yeah. Good. Yeah. And I know, because I know you've talked about this, swimming, and it's not a trend. I mean, a lot of people do it now. You know, like, it's like, oh, there's a dry yeah, road. No, 100%. <laughs> but people have been doing it for such a long time, and it, it because it does have those incredible benefits. Yeah. And, you know, I, I commend anyone who does it because... I I I've done it a handful of times. I don't like it, and um, you know, I I I I did go and do a flow recovery, and I spent ten minutes in the freezing, and I was so proud of myself. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it, I think I do sea swimming in a variety of other ways. I suppose you know, I throw myself into yeah. that, that that feeling. I suppose can be can be got in 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 other ways as well. I'm saying like not everyone's the same. It's like you know, it's like about anything. Like it's like your eating habits. Else, it's like whatever we got told we have to eat like three meals a day. It's like whatever. It's like you find what suits your body. Like you know, that's the nice thing about getting older. Even though again, women, we worry about getting older. But the nice thing is like you're figuring yourself out. Like, I know what suits me. That's what I like. Some people I know love going to the gym. I've gone to the gym, forced myself to go to the gym so many times in life. And I'm like, I don't get the thrill of lifting weights. Like, I've never got that buzz that some people are Mm. like, that's my addiction. That's what what I find helpful. Or running, I hate running. I'd rather just walk and look at all the houses, you know? Like, I just, (laughs) so it's just like, 
you just find what works for you because it's not going to work for 100%, everyone. Because yeah. I would say my journey, the amount of money I wasted on gyms, I joined CrossFit, I love CrossFit because it was everything. Yeah. I loved all of that. And then I recently trained for an MMA fight with SBG gyms with Alta. So for the first six months, I was training for a fight, you know, every morning mm-hmm. and doing mixed martial arts. Um, but again, loved that, you know, and now, I, now I've yeah. kind of fallen off that a little bit and I'll find something else that I'll kind of, you know, because obviously if I'm going to try and have a baby going and getting beaten up every morning is probably not the best, <laughs> best thing for that. Um, but yeah. I need to try and find something else. But yeah, like I say, I suppose the whole solo travel experience for me is kind of like a form of, of sea swimming. It's putting yourself yeah. into an unknown situation that you don't know where you have to kind of like figure shit out yourself. Um, yeah. And, you know, that those kinds of things that you're doing when you continue to do that as well. And hopefully will inspire and hopefully will inspire people who follow you. You know, that post that you put up. I think, yeah, you know, I think that people did. Good. One girl was like, I'm going to do that. Like, thank you so much. And, and then I was like, I was like, because I'm like, you know, I'm not out here trying to fucking, you know, <laughs> influence people or like at all. I was like, <laughs> but then it is nice when actually you're like, oh, I, I was just sharing my like, yeah. Just yeah I, because it I is remember. it is helpful and i think it, it removes the stigma that some people attach to it that there must be something wrong or we must be lonely or you must be sad right. or you must be with friends it's not about that it's just doing something that you want to do and doing it on your own terms mm. and i hate the one thing as well about traveling was hate people are like it's so dangerous for a woman and i was like obviously like we know like i'm very aware like you know that we you know women are targeted a lot more than men but like at the same time like i'm not gonna not do something because of that like I think yeah. people should do it more even like we should sh- be showing up and being like you don't scare me like yeah. you know I did, I did one self-defense course I probably well exactly know. and that's the, thing is, that's the thing as well that I always say if, if anyone uses that as an excuse to not go solo traveling I'm like get ahead of that yeah. thing. Go do I, mean, I walk through town after gigs and I'm like that's more scary than Portugal. <laughs> exactly. I've never, I've never felt scared. The first time I felt scared in a whole year was when I came back to Buddy and Capel Street after being away <laughs> for a whole year. And like, you know, I was like, oh God. But like, no, it's it's dangerous no matter where you are. Uh, yeah, uh, you should be smart. Like I'm not walking around like, like, like not thinking about these things, just being like, exactly. la la la. Like, here's exactly. my open bag. You can have everything exactly. I Exactly. I wanted, when I was in Pula in Croatia, I, I was there around Halloween and there was an underground rave that was starting at 12 o'clock and going on till 5 a.m. in one of the underground World War II bunkers. And I was Amazing. like, that sounds deadly. I was like, I want to go to that. But I was like, but I can't because that is exactly the dangerous situation that I should not be putting myself into as a solo mm. female traveler. Yeah. So maybe I'll give that a miss, right? Yeah, it's that yeah. kind of thing that you have to yeah, sure. make a I wasn't drinking as much as I might with friends, you know what I mean? Because I was like, I don't want to be like, you know, just strolling around. Exactly. Stuff like that. So you are aware. You're like You are, but you do, exactly. And you become yeah. more aware and you have more of your wits about you. But honestly, I also don't think that the world is as dangerous as people make out. I think that those no, most people are nice, aren't they? That you meet most people that are lovely and kind and caring and you know, the, those things are few and few and far between. They are they are there. I mean, I'm going down to South Africa at the end of this month, and South Africa is the most dangerous place to be yeah. for a single solo woman traveler. It's eighty two percent crime rate you know so I'm you know I'm 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 going on my own but I'm going with a group I suppose um you know and like again (laughs) you know just have to make sure that I don't put myself in any kind of vulnerable situations really you know um so so look I mean it's been so good to kind of chat and get your perspective and to kind of see that you know there is that sort of change happening and that you know when when people like yourself talk about it that it does inspire other people and so yeah, I hope yeah. that continues to happen for you and quit your job start stand-up comedy <laughs> um, I mean I quit my job and started working myself but what the message I suppose is is don't just be do what, if you, just do if you have do something like if you want to do something do it exactly and, you know whatever that line is feel the fear and do it anyway like feel the no. fear and do it anyway follow your dreams no, don't regret. be afraid to 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 do whatever and look you know some person's fear or some person's thing that they want to do may not be as scary as standing up on a stage and being a stand-up comedy so if they hear that they go well i i don't it's not doing that <laughs> so but this, if she can do that, then I can do this thing, you know. But even yeah. just trying to get people to eat in restaurants by themselves. I know, I do. I find people, so many people go to me, like, I could never eat. I was, what would you do when you're in a restaurant? I'm like, what? 
Yeah. But I was, on the, I was recently on the radio as a guest talking about it and they were literally, people were appalled. Like, about they were me. Like shocked. Yeah. Going out on my own. I go out on my own. I love going out on my own. I go to gigs. I go to yeah. events. Go on my own. Chat to people. You're yeah, well, eventually, I, I know a lot of people. So I nearly always meet. I went to the, I went to yeah. the fire ground on my own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you don't have to have to surround yourself with security blankets. It's actually just okay to just be yourself and to just, you know, live your life, not someone else's, you know? Exactly, yeah. But this has been amazing. Um, I feel like I needed that today. It's Monday. Oh. Yeah, I've got the wedding anxiety. So Good. I needed that little talk as well Good. to be like, hey, do you know what? doing all right <laughs> no you're doing more than all right Anna you're doing really really well and you're you're inspiring it I've thought yeah. about it. people always say to me that I'm funny and I always get a lot of oh you're really you're really hilarious and I remember thinking god I mean I, like would I ever I did some some improv I did some of my friend Kelly's improv classes and yeah. I've thought about like getting up on stage I've 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 done poetry. I've done poetry sets, and I and you know as yeah. a celebrant, as a celebrant, I I perform, I perform in lots of other ways. But yeah, it comes just, out. Another, yeah. That's it. it comes out in other ways, but it's great. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I commend you because I don't think I would ever be brave enough to <laughs> to do a stand up comedy gig. But never say yeah. never. You never know. Never I'm I'm I might. You might have inspired me now after this, yeah. and it might be something I. Put, write a five minute set and, and, and give it a go. Yeah. Um, where can people find you, Anna? Uh, I'm on all platforms at Anna Cliff Comedy. Yes, TikTok, Instagram, trying to, you know, trying to be present online as well as offline. Okay. <laughs> like, every, like we all have to do. And Brilliant. yeah, I, I, that show I toured last year was called I See Deadly People and it's currently being edited to be put on YouTube. So I'll be sharing about that soon. So excellent. Yeah. Amazing. Any gigs? Do you have any, any gigs coming up or? I don't know when this is going out, but I'm at the International next weekend. Okay, oh, brilliant. Got a great gig in Baker Street on December 6th, actually, with the great lineup like Justine, oh, like you mentioned. Fanula yeah. um, J and... Yeah, Fanula, Shane Daniel Byrne. Um, so that I think that sounds class. Like That would be a brilliant like, Christmas night out for people. So Yeah, I bought tickets for that Jingle Bells. I'm really looking forward to that. So that's yeah. going to be good. So I'll see you there. Um, yeah, perfect. So yeah, this will be this will be going out before then. So if anyone yeah. wants to buy tickets to Jingle Bells on in Baker Street, uh, they're probably going to be sold out, I'd imagine, with an amazing lineup like that. But um, go follow Anna on TikTok or Instagram. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. It's been great to chat to you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed myself. Cheers. Thank you.